Welcome to Behold, a podcast about beholding Jesus and becoming like Him. In this episode of Behold, we hear from Judd and Julie Allen about establishing your family with a biblical worldview. Judd and Julie share insight and wisdom on marriage, parenting, and living every day rooted in the purposes and design of Jesus. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, thanks again for joining us another episode of Behold. And uh, today, our guests are Judd and Julie Allen. They are uh, dear friends of, of, of Ashley and mine, and they've been at Antioch for 11 plus years, really since the very beginning. And um, just so glad you guys are here. Judd and Julie, maybe just start out a little bit, just uh, give us the, the short version, uh, just a, a, a little maybe three or four minute testimony, maybe just from both of you guys about, hey, how'd you come to know the Lord? And, uh, and then maybe just a little bit how you guys met. That'd be kind of fun. So maybe how'd you come to know Jesus or how did that happen? And then how'd you guys meet? Just one y'all can share, both of you. Go ahead. Sure. Um, I went to a concert in high school that Jesus Generation Band was playing at. And I heard for the first time that Jesus died for me. Amen. Amen. And I wanted whatever he had. Because I grew up in a church that taught me, do good, believe there's a God, and you'll go to heaven. But mm -hmm. when I heard what right. Jesus did for me, I knew that was very different. Yeah. So coming to know the Lord at age 14, I also came to know him as a father. Mm -hmm. And because my father was difficult, I really turned to God when I saw that he was a father to the fathers. Mm. Amen. Amen. It's beautiful. Jed, what about you? Um, I uh, was asked in high school, I think I was a sophomore, beginning in my sophomore year in high school, was asked to a Bible study before school. And it was through FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, through a, a friend of mine who was kind of un... Um, I didn't know that he was a believer. Uh, you know, he just asked me. And I thought, sure, I'll go. And uh, a couple of college guys from a church in Welburn were leading this study. And they started writing things up on the board about God and, and Jesus and that he loves me, that he has a, a good plan for me. And uh, they just started going through the scripture in this Bible study and pretty much just reading the scripture. And the Lord just got a hold of me. And um, towards the end, they asked if there was anyone that wanted to give their life to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it was like I had already done it, uh -huh. you know, right, right, before right. it was over. And, uh, man, the Lord just changed my life dramatically. You know, I came from a home that was no church, never had hardly been in a church. Wow. My parents loved me. They were good parents. It just they didn't know the Lord. And... Uh, so from that point on, it was just like I was on fire. You know, I, I had to read, I had to study, I had to, I had to know who this God was, and 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 uh, it, it was just it was a miracle that I was able to see what the Lord had for me. So that's amazing. That was exciting. Now you said you're an FCA. Were you doing sports at the time? Or I was. Pack that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I was. I've been involved in sports since I was you know young kid and. Mm -hmm. So at that time, you know, we were doing, I guess it was football season. Uh -huh. So, you know, we were starting the, the season and, uh, you know, continued to play, you know, through high school and stuff with yeah. sports. But yeah. 
Okay, so both of you guys, you met the Lord kind of, uh, you know, in those in those teenage pivotal years, and um, maybe just you know before we get into how you guys met, just how did you guys develop your walk with Jesus? I mean, Julie's saying, okay, my family went to church, but it was a different, maybe a little different theological take on. Well, this is what it really means to be a Christian to, mm-hmm. to to do a lot of good works and then kind of outweigh it. And but but you're saying I, I even I love when you just said we're at this concert and someone told me about Jesus. And when you said Jesus, it's just like the Spirit of God just filled this room and saying yes. When His name is said, there's something reverent. And I think I've always loved that about you, Julie. That when you say the name of Jesus, it means something. It's not just it's not just another name. It's the name, and I just love that. It's beautiful. But you know, when when you started walking with the Lord, trying to figure this out at fourteen, was anyone there to walk with you through it? Did you join a Bible study? Did you, you know, I mean, how how did you develop your walk with Jesus? And we'd love to hear how Judd did that as well. Well, God's so <clears throat> faithful because when. Jesus comes in when you're mm-hmm. filled with his spirit. You're now the lights turned on. Yeah. And so opening up the Bible, which is the first thing I wanted to do, I'm reading words that are that are alive and yes. living and um giving me direction and hope and I was hungry. Oh, I wanted to know more. <laughs> and a friend of mine invited me to her church. And she was going to a Baptist church. I grew up in a Methodist church. And so I went with her, and I was really taken back because the pastor was reading from the Bible. Mm. And I could open my Bible and follow along with him. And right. I, that had not been my that experience before. That was wow. new. So that was very exciting to me, and I was very hungry. And so I continued going with her. And then I thought, I. Am I, is it just that I'm just now hearing? So I went back to my church one time to say, to see. Did they mention the name of Jesus? And, and it didn't happen. It was more about good mm. works. Mm. And so then I was just, Lord, take me where you want me to be. And yeah. so I just stayed in his word and read his word and went to Bible studies and um, just started growing in the church. Yeah. Amen. And God just continued to reveal himself to me it, through his word and through other people sharing his word with me. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of um, the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit, how when it describes him, you know, a lot of times people, they're not really sure to, what to think about the Holy Spirit. They know he's the third person of the Trinity or they're not really, they, they kind of have an idea of God, an idea of Jesus, but then the Spirit's just kind of a little... A little out there for him, and I think I oftentimes tell people, hey, remember the Spirit of God, one of his primary purposes and roles is to enlighten you in the Scriptures, and is to lead you and guide you into all truth. It's yes. to correct you. It's like the Spirit of God is there to help you when you read the Word, for it to for the land with conviction, and mm-hmm. for it to help shape you in, the, in what you're thinking. So it sounds like you just read it and said, hey, the Spirit of God is with me, and he wants me to understand the Bible, and so I'm going to start reading and eat it up, and he's going to show me things and use others along the way, whether it be pastors or friends. But I love that. You just took, took it by the horns and say, the Spirit of God is enough to help us. And I think people need to hear that again, that 
You don't actually have to have a secondary resource. Those are helpful, but those are supplemental. I think the primary resource is the Word of God and the Spirit of God together. That's going to tell you what I need to know. So, Judge, tell me a little bit more about, okay, FCA, you get saved, um, and you come from a home, families not walking with Jesus. So I'm assuming you're the only person at that time in your family that's following Christ, figuring that out. I mean, what were the next steps for you? Well, for me, I, I guess after probably a couple of weeks when uh, I just realized that, hey, this is, this is the Lord. The Lord is speaking to me, you know. I told my mom, and she, she wasn't real surprised, but she was like, oh, that's good. You know, mm. she kind of grew up in a Lutheran church okay. as a kid, but, uh, you know, the, Jesus was not in her vocabulary, you know. Sure. So uh, she was she was fine with it. You know, my dad was fine with it. They just, they didn't believe the Lord, you know. So, yeah. um, so after that, uh, FCA had a Bible study or a meeting time every week in the evening, Wednesday evenings. And, and so there were other other guys and girls in that meeting. And so I went to that uh, that was led by a coach. Um, and then st- uh, a friend of mine who I knew knew the Lord invited to me to Aldersgate Church here in town. Cool. And so I started going there uh, as well, um, you know, as much as I could. Right. You know, <laughs> every, every time it was open, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, they had services as well. So um, there were men in that church. Uh, there were men through FCA that just kind of, when they saw that I was hungry, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend time with them." And so several men around, um, just uh, I could, you know, they just kind of came my way and yeah. just started investing. Just in you yeah, just yep. kind of investing me, and and I was hungry, reading and studying, and just soaking it all in. So that was kind of the big, you know, my high school years of uh, being excited about the Lord. You know? Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, You know, I, I think um, we live in a time where we've taught us a little bit before at the church, but how there really is a desire, I think, for, for younger people to want that mentoring relationship, those father figures or those older men or women in their lives. And I think that there's also desire for the older men or women to say, we want to help mentor. We want to help walk you to the next stage. And but oftentimes it's actually it's the the issue is not the desire. It's the actual getting together. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen very often, you know. We just don't. As a society, we don't operate around people that are not in the same stage of life mm-hmm. with us, unless they're family. We see them, right? And so, I love that you were able to have some mentors just kind of come into your world, and <clears throat> maybe they reached out to you. You reached out to them. I don't know, but that you had that opportunity to have people kind of walk you there. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so Judd and Julie, how long have you been married for? 32 years. 32. Yep. Congratulations on 32 years. I wow. want to tell the story how we met. Yeah, tell it. All right. <laughs> um, Judd was the fellowship, a Christian athlete's director in okay. this area, and he had gone to a coaches conference in Houston. We had not met at that point. Another um, fellow that was also going to the FCA booth at that conference had asked me to come have lunch with him that day. It was at the Astrodome. 
And so I had gone thinking I was going to go have lunch with this other guy. Uh-huh. And he was caught up in a meeting. And so um, one of the other fellows that I knew there introduced me to Judd because he was new to this area. And so we talked that day. And um, I just said, because I'd been in FCA and, and had gotten a scholarship from them mm-hmm. when I came to A&M, uh, and loved FCA. I just said, hey, if you ever need any help, here's my number. Now, I wasn't interested in him because he's five years younger than me. And gotcha. he was a kid. Gotcha. Just, so, just a young guy. Little did I know <laughs> that when he called me and said, you want to have dinner, that, you know, that would. Yes. And he wasn't having dinner to talk about FCA. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So thank the Lord that guy was busy. Right. For lunch. <laughs> and it just slotted in. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So so Judd's five years younger. Okay, so you just you gotta unpack it a little bit because okay, I think our audience yeah. maybe has some some insecurities <laughs> about, you know, do I have to marry somebody my same age or especially maybe for women to marry someone younger that's like, well, women are already more mature than men anyways, and so now we got that. I mean, how far right. behind are they? Yeah. Just speaking that a little bit for our audience that's probably a little nervous about the whole dating yeah. game. Well, I know he looks my age or older, but, <laughs> older. Um, you know, when I'd been praying that the Lord would send me a friend who had mm-hmm. a heart for him, yeah. and assuming that was going to be a girl because of where I was in college, I just needed you know, a friend like that, that was on fire for him. And when we started talking that evening, uh, tears came to my eyes. And I just realized this was my friend that I've been praying for. Yeah. Uh, Again, I really wasn't interested because it seemed like he was so much younger. But as he talked and I found out about his relationship with the Lord and Mm. who he was, I'm like, this guy is more mature than most mm. guys my age. Mm. He he really he really knows he's has a lot of confidence and knows where he's going. Yeah. So my interest peaked. <laughs> <laughs> he was mature. He was. Yeah. Now now yeah, how really. old were you guys when y'all when y'all started dating? Do you remember? I was mm-hmm. twenty one, she was twenty six. Twenty twenty six. Okay. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. cool. Well, that is true that at the end of the day. It's less about age, more about maturity. I mean, mm-hmm. where you are. I remember someone said years ago, they were talking about spiritual maturity, and they said, in their words, they said, how I define spiritual maturity is based off their level of obedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Meaning, whatever they know in the Lord, are they obedient to that? Not do they know a lot and obey a little, mm-hmm. but if they know a little and obey that little amount, mm-hmm. then they're mature. And I love just the way you put it because it puts the onus on, oh, wait, if I want to mature, I just need to like obey the Lord. (laughs) And then I'll actually get healthier, more mature and wiser and discerning and more honoring and loving. It's like that's the pathway to maturity is our obedience to the Lord. So anyways, well, way to go. So glad you guys met. Glad you are part of this church family. Okay, so we wanted to talk about biblical worldview and... um, Obviously, you know, when, when, when we talk about biblical worldview, what we really are talking about is how do we look at the truth of Scripture and bring that into our reality as we live our daily lives, understanding there are absolute truths, moral truths. We're not, we don't look at truth as relative. Um, and for the church and for those of us that follow Jesus, 
It really matters. I mean, Jesus' own words said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. So he's saying, I am the truth. And so, okay, if that's who we're following, and you guys have been following Jesus for 35, I don't know, 40 years now, um, that's a long time when you've, you've lived in our country, in our society, where you've been battle-tested. People have come against you, and that's probably come up in lots of different ways. So maybe um, <clears throat> maybe let's just start by just sharing, just each of you guys could just share a couple of thoughts about, um, you know, just how, like m- maybe even going back to when you guys started out in your marriage, how did you guys decide um, how you are going to go about doing life in, in regards to, okay, marriage, family, business, people, like, how did y'all, like, what What were the big pieces you guys put in the big rock, so to speak, so that you weren't going to waver off the truth? Does it make sense? Because I think it's very easy to have something that you're going for, an ideal, or, yeah, we want to be like that, you know, but then, man, things get hard. Or people present a different argument. You're like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe maybe I interpreted that wrong in the scriptures, or maybe, maybe Jesus wasn't really serious about that. Maybe just suggesting, you know, like, how do you... So let me just go back a little bit in time, then we'll fast forward into kids and everything, but maybe just talk about that topic, biblical worldview. How did it apply to you guys starting out in your marriage as you guys did life and as you saw life? Well, uh, because we knew where we were in the Lord, Mm -hmm. individually and together, and knowing God and His heart for us, we entered our marriage saying divorce isn't an option. So we just don't ever go there. So if that's not an option, and we know Jesus is the answer, we know where to go. Yes, He's never failed us. He's never led us astray. It's better to say He's always been there too. He's He always has the answer. So have we had trials? Have we had struggles? Everybody does. Yeah. We're not perfect, um, but we know a God who is. And because He is, He leads us and He guides us. And I'm a little bit quicker to speak. He's a little bit slower to speak. Mm -hmm. And you just are on a journey of knowing one another and trusting God and choosing to believe the best in each other. And we just sought the Lord where are we supposed to be? And in praying together and separately, we were always on the same page. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Julie, I want to ask you a question before we go to Judd. So you said, we got married, divorce is not an option. So I think, you know, people hear that and they say, well, that sounds good for you, but like, you know, for me, I grew up in a broken home or... All I saw was a big mess, and of course I want to be married, want it to work out, but like, man, what, I mean, like, how do you, like, I guess my question is, how did you guys get to the resolve, to the statement Mm -hmm. to say, it's not an option? Because that's not very many people in this world. Most it's an option. It's always an option. So what's different? Like, what is it that got you guys to the place to say, it is not an option, period? Everything's possible with God. Mm. And we made a covenant to one another and before God. And that means something. Yeah. And 
He didn't promise that life was going to be simple or yeah. easy right. or without, you know, your trial. So you can't go into marriage thinking that it's a utopia and it's never going to be diff- difficult. It does become a utopia in one sense, sure. but when it's not an option, then you find a way to work through it. And because of who God is, because we believe that his covenant, because it means something to us, then there, then there is a way. And sometimes you have to go outside of yourselves. If you need help, then you ask for help. Mm-hmm. And in the past, that's what family was so helpful for. Mm. Because, you know, you go to your mom and you say, man, I'm really struggling with this. And your mom gives you encouragement. Or you go to a godly woman that you love their marriage and you ask her questions. Yeah. Uh, you find a way Um he 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 is quiet. So if we were struggling or having an argument, he might be quiet about it, which gave me more time to reflect. Sure. And then you pray. And, you know, God, if you ask God, he will answer. If you ask him to make a way, he'll make a way. Mm-hmm. He's just faithful. Yeah. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. I think it's helpful to be able to hear that a covenant means something. Mm-hmm. It means something. And that everything's possible with God because it is two sinful people coming together trying to figure out life. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of stuff. But if it's not an option, it seems like you guys are saying you created a belief and a mindset and a conviction that said everything's possible with God. Divorce is not an option. Life will be difficult on some level. We expect that. But we're not going there. Period. Mm-hmm. And man, I wish more and more people had that same deep gut level conviction. You know, um, it sounds like, you know, sometimes I think people have more conviction about the nutrition than about the relationships, mm-hmm. you know, about their personal health versus mm-hmm. their relational marriage health, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I love that about you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, Judd, um, just a couple of thoughts. Um, Biblical worldview, kind of establishing this new marriage, this family centered on truth, kind of unpack some of those things that you guys started out. You know, about about divorce, um, there is one thing that we, we said, okay, we're, we're not going to consider that. And for me, I felt like the Lord implanted in me the no thought of even saying the word divorce. Mm. I feel like God gave that to me. I don't I don't yeah. feel like that was like I conjured it up. I just think, hey, the Lord said this is you made a covenant. This is how it's going to be and I'm here for you yeah. in your marriage. Yes. And um so it was a it was a real easy place to get to for me. Yes. And it has been easy in in the sense of I've never considered it. Yep. And I, I know that's the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that part of it uh, has been real good. Mm-hmm. And as far as us with our family and growing together, just the real simple... Uh, 
I'm going to say, a, a real simple scripture in that the Lord has loved us so that we can love, mm. most importantly, our spouse. And I know that he's given me the ability to love her. Have I done a great job all the time? No, I haven't. Uh, but I know that I can. I know that I should. And I want to. And so for me to uh, continually uh, put that as a priority for her, to love her and and take care of her is important. Yeah. Um, and so the worldview around all that becomes uh, pretty small. Mm -hmm. uh, other things don't matter as much because sure. it, it's important for me to take care of the covenant that I mm -hmm. said that I would. Now, are there other people to help? Are there other people to love, family, friends, outside of the church, inside the church? Sure. Um, uh, are, are there bigger goals and things business-wise? Yeah, all the, those things are important, but they're, they're minute in the sense of, hey, God has given me a wife that this is my priority. Yeah. And, um, and he's given me the peace and the faith to believe that the provider for me is the Lord. Mm. that I can't provide for myself. I can be obedient to the Lord, but I'm not, uh, I can't do it without the Lord. Yeah. Which ultimately he provides for us in that way. Yes. So it's real comforting. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy place to go to find peace, knowing that, hey, no matter what, the Lord is, he's my shepherd. Mm -hmm. And he's my comforter, and he's my provider, and uh, so it takes the it takes the onus off of me, mm -hmm. and um, my job is just to be obedient to him. What he says. Yeah. So like you guys are putting, you decided to put first things first, and not chasing after all the noise, the other stuff. Mm -hmm. I think I think we can get caught up and sometimes wanting to chase after this and make sure that's not, you know, is that right or not okay? And we get distracted versus, well, no, he, he gave me a relationship with him. There's a relationship with my wife, relationship with my kids, like responsibilities I have. Maybe just focus on the things that you're supposed to focus on. And don't worry about everything else. Mm -hmm. um, okay, now, people may not know this about you guys, but um, y'all uh, y'all have a very large family, and so seven kids and um you know uh i remember when we first met you guys ashley and i uh we were like man these you know i think we had ethan at the time he was i don't know you know just born or something we were pregnant. oh we were pregnant. we were pregnant okay so we're pregnant with our first so we meet you guys we're thinking y'all have seven kids how is that even possible <laughs> i mean now we we thought we were big time we said four or more and we got married just kind of like Four or more, like this is going to be awesome. We had no idea what we we're doing, but, but you know, we're we're a little idealistic, and uh, then we met you guys at seven. I was thinking, wow, but but we looked at like your kids made it, like you guys made it, and it's like, oh, that's actually doable. And I, so I just want to say, like y'all are like the, in, in a sense, y'all like the Davids who took down Goliath, like the giant of big family. Is it possible? 
It's like, you guys did it, you know? And so others can fall in your wings and say, hey, it is possible to still keep your sanity. You can emotionally be healthy. You can still love God, enjoy your kids, have a big family. So I love that. So thank you guys for paving the way for us. But, um, okay, so let's talk about raising a family, which you guys have done, um, and you're still doing, but, but, and now you're into the grandparent stage mostly, I know. And so just talk about um, how you guys decided to parent and raise your kids. I mean, that is a big, big hurdle for a lot of people. There's not a huge step for someone. They kind of go from dating, engagement, marriage. Like, okay, that's a big commitment, covenant. But, but I, I kind of understand the whole get to know someone, build a relationship with them. You know, male, female, similar age, similar likes. That seems a, a shorter bridge to cross for people. When you go into like birthing children and taking care of a human life who's incapable of taking care of itself, and by the way, is going to get their worldview and their value system, and their um, culture, all from you, then all of a sudden it's like, uh uh-oh, I'm about to establish a culture, a value system, a worldview for this little person. There's like an added weight, pressure, excitement, but reality sets in of, Oh, this we better we better get this right, you know. Mm-hmm. I think every parent that's why we read all these books. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. How do you do it right? You know, we want to we want to know everything to, uh, that we do. Uh, you know, all the wrong ways. Don't do that. Do the right way. So, talk to me a little bit about. I don't know. Bring us in just to some stories and some ways that you guys decided to to raise your kids, and maybe just tell us about your family a little bit, and then just uh, and then just how you guys chose in the early days, especially when they were younger, how you kind of established some things. You want to go first? No, you go first this time. <laughs> so, uh, I, I guess our generation is a, is different than now. Um, so, for for me, growing up, when my parents said to do this or that, that's what we did. There wasn't a, there wasn't room. I guess there was room, but you you never thought that you could ask why hmm. or. We didn't feel we didn't feel um, unloved. We just knew that we should do what they said to do because they're our parents. Yeah, it was like just kind of yeah, it. that was it. Yeah, and we were happy. We right. had boundaries, and we were glad. We knew that we were loved. We were fed. We were clothed, and mm-hmm. um, and so that's kind of where my parenting came from. Uh, whether all that's perfect or, or right or what, but I knew that that and and knowing the Lord and and having children, that I want them to obey me. I want to love them, but I want them to be secure in who they were and and know that I love them and know that we have good for them. Mm-hmm. That whatever we say for them, our our children, that it's important that they obey that. Not because we want to be right; it's because we have their best interest at heart. Right. Yep. And uh, and we we both have that. She she probably had more boundaries than I did, or I think. Um, but we instilled in them, and for our own lives and for their lives, so that hey, you have boundaries, we love you, we, we're going to do fun things with you, we're going to provide for you. But for you to be able to trust the Lord, 
you can trust us right. and move forward to the Lord when it's time for you. You know, as far as when the Lord speaks to you and we give them opportunities and, and, and they trust the Lord, it's easy to trust a father hmm. that's much better than, than, than us hmm. by far, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they can, they, they have the opportunity to do that. Right. And so it, you know, we didn't read a lot of books or go through a lot of things. It's like we, we felt like, okay, the Lord gave us kids. We, we, we know how to take care of them. And um, so, for the most part, it went it went very well. I mean, our kids were, uh, and still are. You know, for the most part, have were were obedient, were uh, thankful, were happy. You know, were good. Did they mess up? Yeah, our kids messed sure, up. You know, sure. we messed up. We didn't do everything right. But uh, I was talking to my son yesterday, who just had a baby. I told him, I said, I'm glad it's you having a baby and not, not us, you know, right now. But I, rem- I never remember ever thinking that I didn't love having children. Hmm. We loved them being with us, being around us, doing things with them. We, it, I don't ever remember being tired of that or tired in general hmm. that uh, the Lord just really gave us... Uh, a love for our children, like he does everybody. Uh, so it was it was very very exciting, yeah. That's fun. to do that. So wow, Julie. All right, we know you're home with the kids probably a little bit more <laughs> yeah. than Judd was, yeah. right? But just yeah. I mean, well, raising these kids, bring us in that world a little bit. So I, I have to agree with Judd. We didn't do everything perfect, but we learned along the way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. but really, our foundation. It was thankfulness. Mm. Um, he and I, neither one, had much of a tolerance for whining or complaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we didn't allow our children to do that. If I mean, they're going to do that. Sure. But we just quickly turned it to thankfulness. Mm. Um, that was just very important to us. And... Um, we both love children so much, and it's such a fun journey. It, it really, uh, it's so fun. Um, and, I, you know, I think that if, if you train them up, you know, just like it says, train a child in the way he should go, I, I don't believe he'll depart from it. Mm-hmm. And you have such an opportunity when you're at home with them to pray with them, sing with them, worship with them, um, read the Word. And I think reading God's Word with them in a children's Bible is so precious mm-hmm. and important. And they're so hungry, and they they can learn so early. Mm. And, and you should start it when they're babies, singing to them. They know. They know. You can. I know I've seen videos of little children saying lots of scripture and and mm. singing and worshiping and they they understand i believe even as babies and yeah. and they will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ yeah it's just a sweet journey okay so um you know speaking that a little bit more of just you know as you're raising your kids i love that you had this foundation of thankfulness uh, you didn't put up with any whining or complaining, although 
all kids want to complain, adults want to complain. Um, <laughs> so you establish this thankfulness. So maybe just give us a story or two of when, you know, of when, uh, of, of when your children, when they were young, when they were really testing in that place, because that is a, you know, when, you know, when we talk about having the scriptures be the foundation, right? Like, that's the truth. The truth is that God teaches us is mm-hmm. a thankful heart prepares the way for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, right? There are no scriptures admonishing us to complain or whine or make excuses. Mm-hmm. It's not in the Bible, so let's not teach our kids to do that. <laughs> but I think we think about raising kids, the difficulty is how do we impart truth, establish them in the truth of God's word while they're growing up young little guys, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think... Maybe just what what are some stories or examples of how you guys really focus in on that, or um, or time maybe you know when that was tested, when y'all knew what you wanted to do and establish in them, but they just weren't going along necessarily. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as smooth. Does that make sense? Well, I, I do want to say that um, with good discipline mm-hmm. and um, thankfulness and prayer that the fruit of that was people everywhere said, your children are so happy. Mm. They smile all the time. Why are your kids so happy? They would always ask us that. And we know it's the Lord, you know, but our kids, we had boundaries for our children and they understood them. And so they were happy because it doesn't take much discipline. Mm. When they're little, it doesn't take much. And then you Mm. don't have to keep doing it because they get it. And yes. they were very happy children. Um, I will tell you about one incident between our daughter and our son, and he loved to irritate her, and <laughs> she didn't love it. And um, as little boys do, they had a pair of handcuffs, and they were not getting along. And so uh, their dad and I decided to handcuff them together. <laughs> hey, all right. And that, and they sat there, and they couldn't get up until they could love one another. Mm. And they were unhappy at first, mm-hmm. but eventually got to the place where they were laughing and loving one another. Mm. And so because we explained to them that there is a way to treat people, mm. and, right. you know, acting that way is not an option to hit or to, you know, you know, we understand disagreements, and there's a way to talk that out. But you have to get along. That's you have to choose to do that, and and they had to choose to do that. And so while it is kind of funny, and it is funny, mm-hmm. but they they had to know they didn't have a choice sure. other than to love one another and get along. Right. Another thing that that mm-hmm. I would do is if they fought over a toy or fought over something, I would put it up, and I would tell them okay, if you're going to fight over this, I'm putting it up, and I would. And I said, because things aren't important, Mm -hmm. but people are. Mm -hmm. And I want you to love one another. And they Mm. would just be happy and go off and play. And so we had very little of that, of them fighting over things, because they knew what would happen. So that was a good thing, too. That's great. Mm -hmm. I just want everyone to hear who's listening to the podcast, you can parent with clear guidelines, clear discipline, clear structures. And the number one thing I heard you say is that actually the kids are happier. Mm-hmm. Like they are more alive when they have that. I think that the fear for a lot of people is, oh, 
man, if I, I mean, if we hold the line, the truth line, if we hold the, the, the like the boundary line, if we say, hey, we're not going to do that. I think the fear in people is, oh, that's going to be heavy handed and they're going to end up hating you and think that you never gave me any freedom. And that's like a very common, I think, mm -hmm. mindset right now. I even mean, people my age and younger for parents are like, we just want them just to be free and to be loved. And I think I'm reminded of in the Bible, it talks about really um, that, you know, that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord mm. and that we are to love God and fear God at the same time. So back to your point about, you know, when you came to know Christ, you got to know him as a, you know, you got to know him as a father and you did you lead him as, okay, well, Father God, he told you, hey, divorce is not even going to be in your vocabulary, Judd. Mm -hmm. And you just said, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Like, fear the Lord and the love of the Lord. And it sounds like y'all implemented those two things really well in your home. Your kids knew you loved them, you enjoyed them. It's fun. We love being together. I don't want to put you away. You're here with me. This is so great. And we're going to teach you and train you on how to act as a little human. Mm -hmm. Because if not, you're going to end up hurting people. But that teaching and training makes them happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, people need to hear that. That's beautiful. Judd, what would you just add to that? Well, one of the benefits of having children that are obedient is, you know, you're always going somewhere with your kids. And when they, they get to a point pretty quick of, hey, we're okay, we're going to obey you. We're going to do what you say when, you know, when we go somewhere. So w when we travel, which we traveled a lot, we go in the store, in the store, it was never, we got to a point to where it was never an issue of am I going to have to worry about my kids mm -hmm. busting something, breaking something, crying right. or running away from me or something? It was so peaceful mm -hmm. to go somewhere with our children, which we loved. And so I, we never had a second thought of mm -hmm. traveling with them and going places um, because they they knew the boundary and they were happy about it. Yeah, and it was very pleasant. Yes. And um, so, so it, we enjoyed that. There are a couple, one story I remember. My oldest son, uh, he was probably seven or eight at the time, and uh, he he knew, and I, and I actually saw this happen. My daughter was going by, and he just stuck his foot out. Like you know, you can see it in his eyes. Sure. Like I'm just going to test this, you know. <laughs> and she tripped and fell. She didn't get really hurt or anything, sure. but you know. And so I had to say, okay, you know, we're gonna, you're gonna have to, you're gonna get a spanking for that. Yeah. So I had to take him and spank him, and he's like, he knew, he was just testing. Sure. So he's it was like, real, is this gonna really get me in trouble yeah. or not? <laughs> <laughs> so it was a real simple thing, and you know, it wasn't something he did all the time. He did that. He was just testing. So sure. it's not that they don't test. Yes. Or they don't try their their wings a little bit, but. Um, uh, well, I want to say, too, to that in the natural world, there's boundary lines. Mm -hmm. You have yes. property lines. You have all kinds of boundary lines. And children feel safe when they know there's a boundary. Yes. Now, they're going to test it every now and then only to be sure it's still there. Mm. But that's what makes them so happy and mm -hmm. know that they're loved because they are not free to go 
they are free, but they're not they're not going to go and do whatever they yeah. please right. because that's not good for them. It's not good for us. Yes, mm -hmm. right. And without boundary lines, they're just left figuring out their own. Right. Probably leads to insecurity. Leads to I don't know where's safe, right. where's right. not safe. Yeah. Which which also leads into where we get our worldview, mm -hmm. the Bible. Because we love God and He's proven Himself to be such a loving Father that He has given us every answer in His Word. Yeah. And so to be able to tell your children, this is what God thinks about this. Yes. And, and so this is what we believe because God, God loves us and He wants good for us. You think He wants good for His kids? God wants so much more. Mm. And so to teach them early, this is what God thinks. And so this is what we believe and why. And for them to be lovers of God's word so that when they are challenged, and they will be, and, and even sometimes we are with words that people say or a book that we might read. If you've read the scripture, it's, I love the illustration of the dollar bill how you know a counterfeit. They study the real thing right. that for hours so that when that counterfeit passes mm -hmm. by, they know it. Well, if you read God's Word and you know His heart, you know what He thinks, yes. you know what it says, when something, some other wind blows, some other word is said, you have something to turn to and go, hey, wait a minute, is that really right? Where is that in the Word? And, I, and I'll look it up. Is it there? Is that in His heart? Uh, is that what he has for us? No, that's not. Okay. Yeah. And, and his word is tried and true because it's history, too, that's been proven. It's a yeah. fact. It's, it's real. But more if you know his heart, his goodness, you know, how good he is. Who doesn't yeah. want his blessings that follow yes. with it? Yes. Because he blesses obedience, so his blessings follow with his word, mm -hmm. not because we deserve it, it's because he's so loving and he wants to give so many good yes. things to us, just like we do with our children. Yes. I love that you just put those pieces together of having a biblical worldview. It's like having boundary lines mm -hmm. for us, and those boundary lines fall in pleasant places. Yes. It's, yes. that's... That's why it's so vital for us to land on the truth because then it gives us clarity yes. for life and safety. Mm -hmm. yes. Without the truth, you're left scrambling. Right. You're searching, you're mm -hmm. grasping. Mm -hmm. And so even to take that paradigm into our children and say what they need is clarity, what they need is boundary lines, what they need is this. They need to know right from wrong so that they... So that they can look up and look at dad and say, am I doing this right? Or yes. when they test it, it's like, uh-oh, okay, I shouldn't do that. And that's going to provide that's going to provide safety for them. Mm -hmm. And I think as adults, then, if you didn't have that, now you're trying to navigate the world and say, what is true and what is okay? And until you go back to the Word and commit to saying, no, this is it. Like, this is my box, and I need a box. I, I, I don't want there to be no box. I actually need a box. It's called the Word of God. <laughs> Here's my box. Yes. Then that, that puts safety in us um, as a people and even as we live life. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Well, guys, thank you so much for sharing today. And um, 
Uh, I know I was just richly blessed and getting to hear some nuggets from you guys and perspective, and hopefully our audience was as well. Um, Judd, would you mind just praying for us as we close today? Sure. Lord, thank you for our time and how good you are to us, Lord, mm-hmm. that you show us every day, all day, that you love us and are for us. Mm-hmm. And Lord, that we would be able to trust you daily and hourly, mm-hmm. that you are the God that saves and loves and that you are in control, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, yes. for today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And Tyler, I want to say to you that one thing that I love about you is that you believe and know the goodness of God. And you've mm-hmm. said it many a Sunday. And I know it's real in your life and your heart and that you really listen to him. And you really move as you know you need to move. And um, I love that. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks. So thankful for you guys. Another amazing uh, podcast viewers. If you don't know the Allens, you're missing out. But now you get to know a little bit of their story. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.